GoneMobile.io. It's Gone Mobile. Welcome back to another episode of Gone Mobile. Today we're joined by Rob Linden. How's it going today, Rob? Hi, Greg. Very good, thank you. Thank you for inviting me on. Uh, it's our pleasure for sure. Um, like uh, we were talking a little bit before the show, I'm like, super excited for this one because we're we're going to revisit a couple topics that we haven't talked about since I think the very early days of Gone Mobile. Like you know, we we had an episode on reactive UI and reactive programming, and another episode on F Sharp, but. Uh, we're we're definitely long overdue for revisiting all of these things, um, especially with some of the cool stuff you've been doing in that space and combining these uh, with with app development. Um, but but just to to hit the brakes there for for a minute and try to level set with some of the concepts here, you know, uh, just to to make sure that our previous episodes aren't necessarily required listening, though we encourage you to listen to them, um, like. Reactive programming and, and reactive in general is kind of an overloaded term at this point, right? It's used in a lot of different facets. So, so could you kind of talk a little bit about like what do we mean when we're talking about reactive here and building reactive applications? Reactive, as I see it, is events done right. Uh, so when 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 Eric Meyer first came came across or invented the idea of reactive programming. Microsoft took a look at what he'd done, realized the very elegant concept of the fact that this is a mathematical duel of what they were doing with I enumerable. So I observable was a, a, a mirror image of I enumerable. They realized that and thought, oh my God, if we had engineered this in from the start, then we would, we, we would have been, been able to make a much cleaner suite of products than this than using this concept of events which any developer worth their salt has had uh, has had struggles with because they work but they're not they, they 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 don't fit into a really solid architecture in the same way that reactive programming and i observables do so I mean, yeah, we've been using events and you know dating back to like Windows forums and all of those applications. So I guess like the normal developer mindset and myself included are are pretty heavily weighted in that sort of architecture. Um, so you know that, that's a, I think a good summary of of what reactive really is. Um, but can you start to elaborate then on on what we're talking about when we talk about reactive UI and how that fits in to building applications? Absolutely. So reactive UI is. It's an MVVM framework, and it's designed to integrate the the concept of MVVM seamlessly with uh, a, a, a visual UI app, be that a, mob a mobile app, a forms app. Uh, it can be basically anything anything that uses the MVVM uh, the MVVM model, the MVVM pattern. Uh, can then be implemented very cleanly with Reactive UI. Now, there's something of a learning curve with 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 Reactive UI. Um, uh, you have to get your head around concepts like observable for property helper, uh, and learn to think about your uh, your your visual flow in terms of no longer. Uh, tasks and commands, but you have to think about observables propagating through your whole app. And that, re and that requires 
a certain learning curve, a certain uh, a certain amount of thinking about how to uh, how to get into the how to get into the mindset of you know creating observables and building your app from the ground up using observables. Uh, it's worth it though. There's... Right. So if if I'm a developer and I'm used to you know some say for lack of a better word more traditional MVVM frameworks like your your prisms or your MVVM cross or lights or the built-in some of the built-in stuff with data binding and Xamarin forms like what sort of shift do I have to make in in how I design my say view models and models and that sort of thing like how does how does this new t- style of thinking manifest itself in in the MVVM pattern. Reactive UI gives you a, a very uh, a very well designed set of interfaces uh, and a set of base classes that uh, mean that uh, that you can make your views specifically refer to the view models in in a, in a kind of generic format. So a lot of the plumbing that Reactive UI gives you is there out of the box. And all, on, all you have to do is connect, is, is do the, the bindings to the commands and to the, uh, and to the properties. And what it gives you out of the box is, it, is if, you, if you use their version of, uh, of the properties, the gettable, settable properties, they, they, have a, uh, they have a built-in function called uh, raise raise of property changed and if you if you use their implementation of that then the observables kind of fall out and it gives you it gives you those for free so it gives you a it gives you a very good reactive ui gives you a very good starting point for reactive programming in general uh, and uh, so I, w- I would recommend going to the Reactive UI front page, and they've got an example there straight away, which is a non-trivial one on their front page. And this is about building uh, building a predictive uh, a predictive search form. So as soon as you as soon as you type type the type text in, then it takes that stream that you're typing in. It can buffer the the input. Uh, and then perform whatever search it needs to at the back end, and then give you that pre- those uh, predictions in your uh, in your in your search box straight away, and it shows you how to do that in a in a in a reactive way, and that's a very good way of uh, for a for a newbie like I was uh, a couple of years ago when I when I started looking into reactive programming. Uh, that's a very that's a that's a very good introduction to that uh, that language and that mindset. Um, Paul Betts is a good communicator. Uh, don't just don't just read technical uh, the the uh, the examples and the uh, and the technical manual, or or should I say, read the technical manual, but read his read his thoughts as well. Read his arguments because there is a very there's a very clear thought process behind Reactive UI, and I strongly recommend that you try and get into his mindset 
uh, and that's going to say that's going to save you a lot of uh, head scratching as you start to delve into the details. Try and work out why he's done why he's done it like this as well, and and he's good at explaining that on his blogs. So is it pretty easy otherwise to sort of like end up trying to to bend React the wrong way when you're using it, like when you first get started? Um, you're, you're talking about kind of getting into Paul's mindset. Is that sort of the, you know, the, the primary thing that we should be looking at when we're getting started so that we're not ending up trying to, to use it in the, in the wrong way, if that makes sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, inevitably, what, what I think you'll, you'll find yourself doing is from day one, you'll, you'll, you'll build things a certain way. I'll give you a, I'll give you a concrete example in, in, in a minute. Um, and... As you as you become more acquainted with how Reactive UI works, you do start to build things in a slightly different way as you as you go along. The examples you build at first still do work. So the uh, the prototypical example for this is uh, to create a Reactive command. <clears throat> there's there's two methods. There's Reactive command dot create from observable, and there's Reactive demand command.create from task. This is in Reactive UI. And if you if you look at the definition of create from task, that just calls down to create from observable. Now, when I first started doing this, uh, I used create from task all the time because tasks are what I knew. Um, and then as I as I became more confident and felt like I understood, for example, the difference between a cold observable and a hot observable, uh, and how to use uh, how to use observable.create in a very functional way. Then things started falling into place, and then my use of create from task became create from observable. And you can see that in the later iterations of the code that I've worked on for my own projects. Uh, so yes, there is there is a certain evolution of thought. But having said that, when you when you start, it's very difficult to actually break the thing to 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 to, to, to make something that's fundamentally unsound. And so, I mean, today we're talking a bit about using this reactive uh, mentality of programming and reactive UI from F sharp. Um, can you get into that a little bit and start talking about, you know, does is F sharp give you any, any particular advantages in working with reactive programming as compared to C sharp? Yes, it does. Uh, now this is, um, I, I kind of agree with Mark Seaman on this. Uh, what's the best thing about F sharp? Uh, and, you know, people can say, well, it's, it's terse, it's strongly typed, uh, it's, uh, it lets you curry functions easily, uh, functions are first-class citizens, all of, these, all of these nice things, computation expressions. I think the biggest, one of the biggest advantages you get from F-sharp is something that F-sharp doesn't do rather than something it does do. Now, what it doesn't do is it doesn't allow circular dependencies. So, if you if you have a, there's there's a there's a file order when you when you list your files in an F sharp project, uh, a file that comes after an, another file in the same project 
can read the contents of the previous file, but the previous file has no knowledge of the contents of the subsequent file. And that should, if you're used to writing MVVM applications, ring a bell somewhere. Right, so the view model in an MVVM application should know about the, the model. The view should know about the view model, but there shouldn't be a, a knowledge going the other way. Now in C-sharp, you just have to trust the developers to, 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 to stick to that. Um, and I know that in the past, you know, I've, I've worked as a, 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 for my sins, uh, I've worked in a consultancy where the where the job of a of a um, of a um, of one of these software houses is really to annoy as the fewest number of clients you can at the same time. Uh, you you're juggling an awful lot of projects, and in that kind of high pressure environment, there is a huge temptation just to throw in a quick reference to the view from the view model. I'm sure you've seen it done. I'm sure you've. I'm not saying you've done it yourselves. Uh, <laughs> would never do such a thing. Of course, none of, none of us would. And the thing, the thing with F-sharp is because of this lack of circular dependencies, you can't do it. Or, well, uh, let, let's, let's put that another way. You might be able to. There might be ways to subvert the natural order of things and using some kind of clever callback, uh, you might be able to refer to the view from the view model. But it's hard. And that's the thing. It's much easier in F-sharp to do it the right way. And I think that's, you know, aside from all of the other benefits you get from F-sharp, I think when it comes to building, uh, building this, this a mobile application, that's one of the biggest advantages you've got. That's interesting. I hadn't actually thought about the the file order as a as a good way of enforcing that sort of directional relationship before too. Like I know coming from C sharp projects, you'd usually enforce that through you know separating into different projects or just counting on best practices and stuff. But I guess especially as you get into something in more of like a Xamarin Formsy type world where you might have really everything, your view layer is in potentially the same project as your your model layer and your view model layer, then yeah, that file order could makes for a pretty interesting way to, to segment those things out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's built in, it's built into the language. So, I mean, the, the, the advantage that has, I mean, it can be a frustrating experience for developers, uh, because, you know, it won't compile, but then, what I what I'd say to that is you're catching errors at the compilation stage, which is less expensive than catching them during testing, which is obviously that much less expensive than catching them during runtime. And it, and it 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 affects if you if you use tools like Sonar Cube, it affects your cycle your uh, cyclomatic complexity, and uh, it tends to be the case, this is what you'll hear from a lot of um, F-sharp fundamentalists, uh, that in general, F-sharp projects tend to have much lower cyclomatic complexity than their corresponding C-sharp brethren, uh, because precisely because of this, this strict uh, dependency hierarchy. 
Right. Yeah. And there's like one of the things that often gets touted about uh, F sharp and the F sharp compiler is that, you know, once you finally appease the F sharp compiler and it compiles, then your program is probably correct. And, and in my experience, that's actually that turns out to be true more often than it's false because the, the compiler does really force you into to getting a lot of things correct. That would just be dumb mistakes that you find out at runtime or through huge uh, tests or suites of tests on C sharp and that sort of thing. Um, but sort of continuing down that path, one other thing that I'm sort of wondering is, you know, MVVM is a pattern and, and apps that kind of leverage the MVVM pattern often make pretty heavy use of things like two-way data binding um, and stuff like that, which would seem potentially at odds with something like F-sharp's focus on things like immutability. Like how well do does that side of, say, MVVM play, into, play with F-sharp there? Right. Well... <laughs> I mean, I'd say in some ways, I'll say the same thing about F-sharp that I'm increasingly saying about C-sharp now. Uh, it's multi-paradigm. So the emphasis is on uh, its immutability by default, but it's not, it's not like Haskell. It's not like everything is immutable right. and thou shalt not have, uh, have mutable variables. You can have mutable properties. Uh, and obviously, for an F, for a, for an MVVM based application, you do uh, you 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 enforce it. But again, it's like the um, it's 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 a very similar situation to another thing that drives this. What you what you just said about F sharp being you know you compile it and it tends to work. Well, one of the reasons for that is because F-sharp has avoided, hasn't completely thrown it away because it's still tied to the .NET CLR, but for, to a large extent, it has managed to free itself from the trillion-dollar mistake, which is allowing, allowing nulls by default. So if you want a, 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 a nullable shall we say, I'll call it nullable, that's, that's not the language they use in F-sharp, but if you want a nullable variable, you have to explicitly say this is nullable or in the, in the trendy F-sharp world, we call it optional. And in the same way, uh, if, you have a, if you have a type in F-sharp and you have properties on that uh, fields or properties in that type, if you want them to be mutable, you just have to say, this is mutable. Now, some people, again, purists, might look at that and say, well, that's a sin. You know, this, is, this, is, this, this does not belong in, in the world of F-sharp. If it didn't belong in the world of F-sharp, it wouldn't be in the language, right? There is space for mutable variables. It's multi-paradigm. Uh, increasingly, you know, people say C-sharp, that's object-oriented. Well, again, with... with um, Especially with C sharp six, we're finding out, you know, pattern matching. Uh, we've had a link for a number of years now. It's going increasingly in a functional direction, and it's argued. It's it's been argued um, by uh, a very a very good F sharp evangelist called Scott Vlashin that F sharp does object oriented programming better than C sharp does, uh, and. You know, um, 
if you if you want to find out more about that, then go to one of Scott's talk Scott, Scott's talks and podcasts. He's a, he's a very uh, he's a very compelling speaker. Absolutely. MFractor is a productivity tool for Xamarin Studio Mac to make developing your Xamarin Forms apps faster. Working with XAML is a breeze with MFractor. Its XAML analyzer detects dozens of issues at design time and lets you fix them in just a few clicks. Using MFractor means you write less boilerplate code. Simply generate C-sharp right from your XAML. This frees up time for you to write the core app code that actually makes your business money. You can get started with MFractor today by visiting www.mfractor.com and downloading it now. So um, I think this is probably a pretty good intro into the Xamarin Forms reactive library. Um, like one of the things that when we're talking about immutability here that I have in my head is, you know, how does that fit in with Xamarin Forms when you start talking about binding, uh, you know, like text uh, for a, a text box or something like that? So can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, reactive in the Xamarin Forms world? Yeah, um, in the... In, in, in the in the Xamarin Forms world, I mean, we are talking about traditional properties. So exactly as you would do in a C-sharp, in a C-sharp file, you have a property with a backing field. Uh, and that, and, and what, what you do, what you do in, uh, in Reactive UI is you pass a pass a, a a reference. You pass that uh, property by reference, but you you, uh, you modify the the property using a reference to the rays of property changed, uh, and you do exactly the same thing with F sharp because, as I say, F sharp is uh, it works with, it, it it works with properties. It works with uh, it can it can do mutable variables, so. You build you, you you build the the uh, the properties up in the same way, um, and and really, what I, what 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 I've what I've done is I've just added a small layer on top of the reactive UI paradigm, which means that you can you can build uh, effectively views up with a fluent interface on top of the uh, on on. In a, in in the F sharps uh, in F sharps version of the fluent interface, which involves forward pipe operators and just constructing constructing your uh, your views in a hierarchical way, Ra rather like ra rather like you do in XAML. The difference being that its life is more is 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 more terse in F sharp. And in and in XAML, where you would have uh, partial classes, and you'd have an XML file plus two C# -sharp files as code behind backing that, everything is done when you're building a view in one uh, view in one view class. So that's what happens in Xamarin Forms Reactive F# -sharp. you build your view model, which has mutable properties, and it has commands which are built. Again, in the early days of my work, built from tasks, and then they became built from observables, and then those uh, those commands. Then you can bind uh, properties to those commands using a fluent interface, and that fluent interface is my contribution to the to the 
Xamarin uh, Forms Reactive F Sharp. So what I'm doing with, with, with what I call XRF is really I'm just making a bridge between the very good underlying technologies of F Sharp, uh, Reactive UI, and of course Xamarin Forms, which uh, I'm using to make mobile apps in, in a cross-platform clean way. So when you're saying that, um, so like you're the F-sharp uh, equivalent to the, the fluid interface that you're talking about being the, the forward pipe operator, does, then that kind of translate to, I'm guessing these these pieces that you sort of put together are, are effectively just functions and you're just composing things in your UI, depending on what you need to do? Like, what does that actually look like? Absolutely. So you, uh, you, define, you, you, you define a page, and uh, the page has an overloaded uh, callback. That you, that, so, so, again, this, this comes back to the, uh, the idea that I'm still using inheritance, I'm still using a lot of these object-oriented concepts, uh, but the... Uh, the, the the setup of the page is where you, is where you build your your um, your views, and you build your view with a, a theme object, and uh, the theme object can then uh, that has uh, methods on it which is uh, generate uh, generate things like grids or uh, stack panels, and then. With that fluent interface on top of that, you can say, right, we'll generate a grid with children. The children are an array. So uh, I think uh, um, the syntax the syntax changes um, because this is this is still the project is still in uh, it's still in pre-release mode. If you if you go to NuGet and find Xamarin Forms Reactive F Sharp, uh, there is no there is no one point not project that is uh, ready that's production ready so it's still experimental but if you if you define your uh, your grid for example you define up front how many rows and columns that grid has uh, and rather than this this what i find is rather a clunky uh, a clunky interface in XAML where you have to do grid.row equals five, grid.column equals seven. You construct your grid column by column or row by row, depending on your, on, on your preference. Uh, and you say, right, well, with row, and then that row then takes an array. And the nice thing about F-sharp is you build arrays in a very, uh, in a very visual way. Uh, this is this is one of the things I think that people uh, find very uh, very appealing about F sharp is you can you can build collections and arrays and lists in a very clean, easy to read way that would be much much more uh, it would be. Uh, it would be much more verbose in C sharp. It would also be much more difficult to see what's actually inside the contents of the array. In F sharp, you just list the contents. So you say, right, with with row, uh, and then you get the array containing all of the elements of that row. 
uh, and you know you do that in in in, in XAML as well. You'd have this hierarchical uh, interface, and then and then there's another method called then row, or with column, then column, then column, and there's a uh, there's a, there's a runtime checker that checks that if you've if you've done it when you've set it up with uh, five rows and seven columns, it checks that each row each uh, if you say five rows, it checks that you you have actually added five rows in your uh, in uh, in your interface, and that um, and that each row contains seven elements, and vice versa. So 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 there's a there's a a runtime check there, but you only have to you only have you once once you've once you've up front decided what the what the structure of the grid is going to be uh, then you don't have to refer anymore to that to that definition you don't have to worry about those numbers it's just the order that the rows arrive in so it, it's it, it it brings in the the kind of visual nesting that XAML has in in, in a very similar way to XAML uh, but at, but at the same time this is still compiled code and it's all in one place yeah, so you're you're basically you know building this as a an alternative to using XAML. Um, is there any real reason to or or anything that benefit that you'd get by still trying to sprinkle some XAML in there? Like if you know, do I does the library have anything for me if I'm still printing maybe some legacy XAML code over or something like that? No, in <laughs> in, uh, in a word and. Well, I mean, one of the, one, the really the reason why the reason why I started doing this in the first place is because I was having trouble with XAML, with writing XAML in in, in F sharp, and writing XAML in F sharp is a tricky business. Um, and you know, I, I I was struggling with this at the early stages of the project. The reason this came about is because I. Uh, about a year ago, I got involved with a startup for which I was the lead architect, the sole architect, in fact. Um, and so, building that, building the project up, well, I, I, I effectively built it up from uh, from my own projects that I'd written. Which, when I when I develop in my own time, I always I always use F sharp rather than C sharp. So I had a load of uh, F sharp templates that I was building on. And I, and I, I, I decided that I wanted to, to try and write my Xamarin Forms uh, application in F Sharp, and then I started using XAML and having some pain with it because uh, XAML does not really play very well with a a language that is forward only that has no circular dependencies um, because you know the way XAML is designed in C Sharp it makes extensive use of partial classes. Uh, and you know, references uh, forwards and backwards references between those partial classes as well. It, it, it relies a lot on so uh, that that it's not impossible to do XAML in F sharp. People have done so, um, but it just seemed like more work than was really needed. And um, having just I. I by coincidence, I went to the F Sharp user group, and I was speaking to Phil Trailford about this. 
And then, and then his answer was, "Look, I've, I've built, I've, I've built uh, a Xamarin app, or it wasn't what it is, Xamarin app then. It was just a, a visual app without XAML in any way, shape, or form. Just taking advantage of F sharp's conciseness." Now, Phil didn't bother with MVV, M, MVVM. He just built his components straight away with a uh, with an interface. Did everything in in, in, in one file. Uh, and that's certainly a way to do it, but I still wanted to maintain the MVVM aspect and, and work with uh, work with uh, this reactive UI to do that. Um, so Phil did point out when he was telling me this, he, he said, look, why, why, why does XAML exist anyway? Because I think Phil's big frustration was with the verbosity of XAML. It's, it's an XML-based te technology. Um, and the answer to that question, I think, goes right back to when there was a, there was a very well-intentioned push to try and separate the job of a UI developer or a, or a UI builder from uh, the kind of the application developer. Um, so the the sort of designer goes into his part of the project, uh, opens up Expression Blend, and then does wonderful, beautiful artistic work, and then that's and then that's taken by the developer, who then works that into uh, an application platform. Now that separation, it didn't really work, um, and so. Uh, I think I don't. Uh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to pour scorn on the whole concept of of of, of XAML. Uh, it is, you know, it's still a very powerful way of building uh, building applications. But I've put Xamarin Informed Reactive UI XRF out there as just a little tool for people who might want to do things slightly differently. Right, and there's a lot to be said about um, the fact that this came out of you, out of apps that you were trying to build and solving specific pain points, as opposed to you just sort of tinkering around and trying to make a new abstraction layer. Like you were you were solving real problems for real apps that you had. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, my uh, my nickname for XRF is uh, BBB. It's buzzword, 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 Xamarin Forms, Reactive, F-sharp. These are all the coolest technologies on the block. Uh, now, there are reasons for using every one of them. Um, and I think that is, that, 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 that's definitely worth saying. Um, because as developers, we do like to work with, um, <clears throat> we do like to try and get ourselves involved with the latest, greatest, coolest tech. But I think there has to be, there has to be a, a, a real, there, there has to be a practical justification for using that. And I think in the case of, uh, of, of Xamarin Forms, if you're going to use F-sharp, that, that does throw into question why you would be wanting to use XAML and work around the, the complexity that that introduces. Maybe there's another way. And that's really the thinking that was behind this. So it's not just, I want to use the coolest tech. Although it's fun to be, to be using uh, 
stuff that's on the cutting edge and, and very well thought out stuff as well. Was there, did you ever consider going down a path of sort of splitting the, you know, having separate projects potentially for say your, your model and view model layers, and then just going back to, to XAML and C sharp, even on just specifically for that view layer and just mixing the technologies or were there any problems with that sort of approach too? No, that, 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 that kind of approach, it does work. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's what a lot of people go down. Um, there are, I'm going to try and put this as diplomatically as I can. Um, <laughs> in, I mean, Xamarin Forms is, is, is open source, which is, which is a really good thing. Um, I think it's still the case that support for F Sharp is really, it's, it's still something of a niche language. So there are, uh, there are issues in F Sharp um, in, in the F sharp implementation of Xamarin forms that that, uh, that crop up from time to time, which means that sometimes you have to make a pragmatic decision and say, look, okay, this project is going to be C sharp. Um, so my uh, I, I'm, I'm still I'm still building an app for the startup that I mentioned uh, a while back in the conversation, uh, and. At certain, there are certain projects in that that I've made the the pragmatic decision to say, well, uh, there's a there's a, there's a problem with the uh, F sharp implementation via Xamarin of this project type. Well, I don't have to make everything F sharp. I can, you know, it's it's all CLR based, so I can put a C sharp project in here. Um, and you know, this 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 is a good point. Um, you can you can still uh, you can still go down exactly that route. So look, uh, I've got a load of I've got a load of XAML in here. Going back to what you said earlier, um, I'm trying to port projects across. Oh, right, right. I like the idea that you've got of making these views with this kind of F sharp based fluent interface. It brings in reactive UI. It's all super funky and cool, and you know I feel like a hipster when I'm coding with it. But if you want to uh, if you want to live in the real world, you're going to have to put some of your of your, of, of your code over into that. And you know, don't throw your XAML, you know, don't don't throw the XAML you've got away. If you've got a project, a, a XAML project that works, that's fine. Work that into your project. But of course, there's, there's going to be code that gets shared underneath. You know, you can write your view models in. Uh, I haven't done it, but I see no reason why you can't have your view models sort of written in F sharp and. A, a C sharp based project with views in XAML that um, derive off those view models. Ooh. So then, uh, you know, going back to to that view layer, then like like assuming that we are using uh, XRF um, for the the view layer, like are you limited then to the just the built in Xamarin Forms controls, or can you also create these reactive bindings to to any platform specific controls like you know forms added the ability to drop in native controls and all that sort of stuff like how does that manifest with uh when you're using this library it manifests basically um on an on a need by need basis so um anything i mean at the moment the only the only uh controls i've that i've got uh are our native our nat within XRF 
our native control, um, our Xamarin informs controls, uh, and there's a uh, there's there's certainly not as much support of list views as as I would like. But again, this is why this is this is uh, this project is very much in development. Don't use it in production, kids, uh, or you know, <laughs> it's, it's it's not there yet. But um, as soon as, as soon as my startup project goes goes live, it's going to be using it there. So you know, wait until wait until I've gone through all the pain, and then you know, I'll I'll give it to the world and say this is this is this is it. Now, if you want to if you want to do uh, these native components, now that's the case where you 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 kind of will you. You use your uh, your Android project that sits on top of your of your um, XRF. So the way the, the way I the way I structure these these projects right now is <clears throat> I have uh, a project two five uh, profile two five nine portable library that contains all of my views and my view models. Uh, and then, on top of that, I've got a C sharp based uh, Xamarin project that has Xamarin Forms as a NuGet package that shares uh, a, a Xamarin Android project. I've got a Xamarin uh, iOS project, uh, and again, we're commercial, so um, I'm not going to I'm not going to support the Wind. I will support Windows Phone, but obviously that's a uh, it's a high-pressure project, so that's that's going to be further down the priority list. But uh, I've got uh, I've I've got Android and iOS-based specific projects, which are I I will say up front those those are written for various reasons in uh, in C in C sharp those very top-end projects, but then they call down to the uh, to the XRF project. Uh, to to satisfy their uh, their Xamarin Forms uh, controls needs, and then anything that is any 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 requirements for uh, funky renderers or native components, they can all be written in the uh, in the containing project in the in the. Uh, uh, in the platform specific projects that live further up. So again, um, I use a, I, I use an interface to add a layer of indirection there because F# -sharp likes interfaces and it's not uh, it's not religious about saying you can only pass functions in. Now, is uh, your library dependent on any particular versions of like Reactive UI and Xamarin Forms, or has that been a challenge to manage? Uh, you know, keeping your library available to multiple versions of those those other dependencies what i try to do is i try to keep it um as far as possible up to date with the latest version of xamarin forms um this is a this is an ongoing it, it's an ongoing issue if you've got an uh an app that's in production um you can adopt one of two strategies um you can say right any uh, any any I'll, I'll I'll stay on this version of my NuGet packages, uh, and any change 
to the to the packages that that kind of uh, that uh, comes from the from the um, supplier. Uh, I'm, 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 just, I'm just going to be very, very conservative about moving forward. Now, I don't adopt that, um, and I don't adopt that because I've had my fingers burnt. Because what happens is uh, the underlying, uh, the, the underlying uh, packages will sometimes change their APIs. Uh, and, you know, you're, uh, you're, on a, you're on a mobile platform. Very quickly, um, the uh, packages that were supported a while ago aren't supported anymore. So, really, with with XRF, as far as possible, I try to keep up to date with the latest version of Xamarin Forms, uh, and uh, so, uh, funny enough, when I cracked open the project today. That's another. That's that's another update I've got to do. And I do have. If if you go to the XRF GitHub page, there are basically a couple of sample apps there uh, that you can just run and do a quick sanity check for. Um, and I have it in my plans very soon to to do a, a, a slightly more interesting uh, sample app than the Hello World one that's uh, that's there that, that that's there at present. It would be nice to get a sample app into the App Store. You know, as a as a supported app, because then you then you know you really do find the uh, the quirks and idiosyncrasies of the uh, of running the platform in a in, or running the app in a kind of in the wild. So beyond the samples, um, how do I get started with the library? Do you have some like project templates, or you know, is there just a particular uh, setup that you recommend when you start a new solution? What you what 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 really you should do? Go to the front page of the GitHub project. So um, if you go to if you look for Xamarin Forms Reactive F Sharp on NuGet, there's a link on the NuGet page to my GitHub project page. And if you look at the GitHub project page, there are detailed instructions on the front of that of how you get started, how you how you build a, an, an XRF app uh, based on. Uh, based on the latest version of XRF. And I try to keep that, that documentation, that set of instructions, fairly up to date. And you know, as I as um, as I inevitably do change the the interface and the contracts, that documentation is getting updated. And again, just just a sort of promise to anyone who is considering playing with it. Again, play with it, don't 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 use it for yourselves. Anyone who's considering playing with it, um, the uh, the changes that I make to the interface are going to become, uh, and they already have. They've already started slowing down. Um, it's good. It, it's it's going to become in the next few months much more stable, and there's going to be advance notice given of any uh, of any kind of deprecations or changes. Uh, so. You know, with with that caveat in mind, do play around and have a nice time um, building toy applications on this platform. See how it goes. See see how enjoyable it is to work with the combination of uh, certainly Xamarin Forms and Reactive UI uh, of F Sharp and Reactive UI 
in the context of, uh, of building a visual app using Xamarin Forms. Awesome. Yeah. And we'll definitely include a link in the show notes to uh, the, the GitHub repository, as well as a video of uh, a talk that I watched that, that turned me on to this project from the F-Sharp Exchange conference that you spoke at uh, relatively recently. So we'll have those in the show notes for sure. Um, and and I'm definitely keen to, to play with this myself. Like, it feels like having a good, uh, a good code, um, like DSL or whatever you want to call it, for defining UIs always feels like the holy grail where sometimes you get kind of close, but, um, you know, they all kind of fall apart or have their, their quirks, but, but getting, getting closer to a real sort of like functional DSL for defining UIs is, is definitely pretty exciting. Great stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, enjoy, enjoy any play you do have. Obviously the, um, the issue log on the, on the GitHub repository is there for everyone to use. Um, and yeah, uh, have a have a little play. Um, let me let, let me have your your your, uh, your feedback as well on the um, on on the GitHub project. It's all open source. If you feel like um, if you feel like doing a bit of contribution, feel free. I'm uh, it's 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 going to that th- this project is going to be open source in perpetuity. Uh, I have no intention of trying to kind of package it up into in, into anything commercial uh, it is it is a set of tools that I think um, that is there just to make just some, just just to uh, to make life easier for us all and that's what's going to remain that's awesome well Rob thanks so much for for taking the time out of your day to, to chat about this yeah thanks very much guys I enjoyed it as, as did we, and thanks as always for everyone for listening, and we'll see you next time on Gone Mobile.